0: All right, what's up, everybody? Today, I want to talk about something that I just put in our email newsletter, and that is basically, well, today I'm only really in the email, I talked about the breakfast side of it, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the breakfast and the dinner side of it, and uh, some of the confusion that goes around just how we break up our meals, right? So what I kind of talked about inside of the email was a lot of us were told or just, you know. I, based off my living experience, was always told that breakfast was the most important meal of the day, and if you actually look at most of the companies and most of the messaging that we got related to that, it was always the companies that were the ones that were selling the breakfast products, which makes sense, which is why things like orange juice and cereal and you know quick carb things became such a staple to our, our morning routine, right? But, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of research in nutritional science. I've been doing a lot of just kind of just hacking and optimizing myself and just playing around with different things and, you know, measuring, you know, heart rate variability and blood sugar and doing blood work and, you know, obviously subjective how I feel. And there's been a lot of tweaking, right? So, but one of the things that I realized, especially with clients, is most people just kind of open up this conversation Most people are not really eating a meal for breakfast. They're eating more of a snack, right? So it's very popular answer is to hear, hey, I was getting coffee in the morning and I picked up a pastry or a donut or an egg sandwich or something like that. And then when you talk about like, you know, what are the protein sources that you have inside of that meal? Sometimes people will think like one or two eggs is a high protein meal when that has six to 12 grams of total protein, right? So here's one thing to think about. Let's imagine... I'm just going to use myself for example. So I'm 185 pounds, right? 180 pounds if we wanted to make, if I was probably completely naked here. But let's say I'm a 180 pound male and I was eating about 0.8 amount of protein, right? So instead of having one gram per pound, let's just imagine I wasn't even eating that full amount. I was eating 0.8. That would be, shit, that's a math. 144 grams total. Yeah, 144. So let's say we round up and I have to have 150 grams of total protein in a day. And I'm someone that eats the very typical three meals a day, and we're imagining there's no snacks or drinks in between, which for a lot of people there obviously is. But for the sake of the conversation, if I divide that by three to make it very even, that is 50 grams of total protein in every meal would get me to my total allowance of 150 grams. But if I have something like a croissant with coffee, I've already started off the day with a few grams of protein because obviously there's a little bit of protein in everything for most products. But you're not really having a meal; you're having a snack that's going to give you some quick carbs, maybe give you give you some processed fats or some fats in there even. Um, but you're not getting the protein, right? You're not getting the fiber content from vegetables or fruits. So it definitely falls into the category of having a snack. Now here's the problem: now you have 150 grams that you necessarily need to split between two meals, 75 grams and 75 grams. A lot of people that I work with, so majority speaking, for just what I encounter don't really prep a lot of food, right? They don't bring food in and eat that for lunch. So majority of people are still eating out. Now you can eat out and obviously get protein. You can eat out and obviously get meals. But most restaurants are going to serve you an average of three to five ounces of protein, right? So to get, to make numbers a little bit easier for everyone to understand, four ounces is generally a serving size of animal protein, and four ounces generally will bring you close to about 30 grams worth of protein. Now, depending on what the meal consists of, obviously there's going to be once again protein from coming from other meals. But let's imagine even if it was a little bit richer and you were having 40 or 50 grams of total protein, That means now you still have a hundred something left for dinner and you have to have a huge meal just to eat that, to hit that quota. So here's what ends up happening. There's two scenarios. People will have either a very, very small breakfast. They'll try to be clean and respectful. Not all the time, but they'll try to be clean with their food choices at lunch. And then they go home with dinner and they either try to make up for what they didn't have and hit that quota by having a huge meal which is going to most likely end up trashing sleep a little bit, depending on how close or what time you're eating that, obviously. Or they're just not going to get enough and they're going to be under their quota and their goals are going to be hindered from that, right? So today's episode is going to be focused around why breakfast and dinner need to be the meals that you start paying attention to. For more, breakfast purpose is making sure you're getting enough so you're getting the day kind of started with the right kind of requirements and then dinner making sure that we're not eating too much too late too soon too close to bed so it's not affecting your sleep because then you start this downward spiral of sleeping less your body being a little bit stressed out hormones being on a whack eating shittier foods and you're just like you know it's a it's kind of endless cycle inside of itself right so that's kind of what i want to focus on today so number one When you look at breakfast, make sure if we were to think about a very simple goal that we're getting more protein, more people need to focus on eating enough protein for their daily requirements to be more aligned with their goals. 80 to 90% of the people I work with, probably 90 plus percent of people, I don't know why I'm even saying 80, 90 plus percent of people that I work with are not even close to eating the amount of protein that they need to have, right? Um, we don't need to be having crazy amounts either, right? Like a lot of people think that we have to have a gram per pound. We have to even need more than that to have success. Um, like I came from a bodybuilding kind of diet background, and that's a lot of what we were told. And to be honest with you, you don't need to have that based off most people's goals, right? Depending on the goal, obviously, there's going to be different things, different strokes, different folks. But I always like to look at eat at least one gram per pound of lean body mass right so let's to make this conversation really 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 easy for someone to understand if you're a 200 pound person and you have 20 percent body fat that means 40 pounds of your body weight is fat 160 is left that's your lean body mass you should be shooting for one gram per pound of that not total body weight let's just at least start here remember that when you're when you're doing anything and we're progressively working on getting stronger faster leaner whatever your goal you're working on it's about the micro steps that provide you the macro result so don't focus on try to go to the extreme of everything especially on the diet side because that's literally the definition of being unsustainable we want to find something that's more sustainable and it's changed and something that's more sustainable and creating a better habit that sticks so we want to set things that we know can be a little bit more release, uh, realistic. And even for some people, maybe even that number is not even realistic to start with. So even if just eating more is going to be a good place to start. So number one, when you look at breakfast, when you look at all meals, I always look at, you know, macronutrients have kind of seven different categories or six categories. I'm sorry. We have carbs. We have fats. We have protein, which are generally what the three of everyone thinks about. Then I like to throw fiber, water, and alcohol in there, right? Right. They all kind of act a little bit different inside of the body. So generally, when I look at meals, I always look at having some source of protein, ideally coming from an animal source. If you're eating vegetarian or vegan, you're obviously, that's like kind of the only diet that we know of that you really truly have to supplement because you're not getting a lot of the things that the animal protein will provide, but that's a different subject. Number two is then having some level of fiber, hopefully coming from some plant sources like vegetables or even fruit, trying to eat a little bit more in season, tubers, roots, things like that. Then supplementing that, you know, adding that on top of the meal with some healthy fats, and that could be olive oil, that could be coconut oil, that could be avocados, that could be, you know, something a little bit more fat focused carbs i try to uh i try to focus on those being a little bit more cyclical so if you're someone that has a lot of lean body mass or someone that's very active yeah you can pretty much get away with having carbs in every meal if you're someone that's trying to focus on weight loss that's not active that has pretty high body fat percentage and low skeletal muscle mass that's something you want to be a little bit more cyclical in its approach um you know so not having carbs necessarily and that would be things like rice or pastas or breads or things like that not having those every meal Um, and then obviously alcohol and water, things like that, right? Water obviously trying to have all the time and alcohol trying to reduce, right? So let's focus on the three big ones, protein, fibrous foods, and healthy fats. That is for me, what consists of a meal. So when you look at breakfast, having something like a bowl of cereal or having a biscuit or having a donut or having a croissant or having a granola bar, or having a protein shake by himself, they're all single asset meals, right? So those for me, when they're single, are not really meals, they kind of, they're glorified snacks, right? So we want to look at having a meal, is what's the source of protein that you have there? What is the source of fiber that you have there? What is the source of healthy fats that you have there? And depending on kind of where you're at in your diet plan or your breakdown, what are the source of carbohydrates as well? So for me a good staple is always thinking about i love eggs in the morning just like everyone else does but you got to remember that eggs have six grams of total protein so we probably need to add some animal source protein on top of that so that could be leftovers from the night before that could be bacon i love lox it's probably the easiest thing to do with some smoked salmon um it could even be some deli meat for some people whatever is going to be easier for you to be consistent with right because we're trying to hit that per meal quote on what we need for protein Second is then having some level of fiber in every single meal. So generally some leafy greens, some tuber or root vegetables, obviously some fruit. I love to do fruit in the morning. Um, I feel like it kind of helps me with my sweet tooth. I try to stick to more blueberries. Things that are just like, you know, less glycemic variable would be a better way to say it. Uh, but obviously in season, I tend to get a little bit more pineapples and mangoes because they taste better. They're in season and I'm a, you know, I'm a body type that can handle it. So depending on, you know, I'm trying to have a general rule as I'm speaking about this that's a meal right and then obviously having some healthy fats which come from the eggs or avocado or olive oil and a lot of times it's just even just the oils that we're cooking in if you do a good enough job of having a very solid nutritious nutrient-filled meal you won't feel like you need to make up for them and you'll remove a lot of these cravings that a lot of people get towards the end of back half of their day so that's breakfast change breakfast from a snack to a meal now let's focus on dinner right dinner you got to remember at night time your body is less uh, insulin sensitive, right? So you actually can get away with eating more carb-rich foods earlier in the day and get away with that because your body's a little bit more insulin sensitive. So it's less responsive to glucose and carbs and those kind of things. So you have to be careful with having a shit ton of sugar or carb-rich meals at night because your body is gonna do a worse job with metabolizing that energy than it would with doing it in the beginning half of the day with breakfast or lunch. So that's one thing to remember is we don't wanna overeat on carbs and this is something that I struggle with with you know red wine or just having a lot of carbs Um, but number two the big thing about dinner that I realize that a lot of people are really screwing up is we have to understand the importance of what your meal does in respect to your sleep because remember your day starts the night before so if you're having a huge dinner at nine o'clock at night and then you're going to bed at 10 your body is spending the first two to three or four hours in bed all the bloods in your digestive system and your gut working to digest food. So it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing to kind of wind down and help with the release of melatonin. Your body's glucose and insulin's probably a little bit higher. So you end up losing a lot of the quality stages of your sleep. Now it's something that I noticed for myself, just tracking sleep and obviously tracking and being aware of everything that I was putting into my body. So here's kind of a good way to think about this. Try to have breakfast once again be full of protein, fibrous, rich plants, fruits, maybe even. Uh, Some fats, a little bit of carbs. Don't be as scared of carbs, obviously, any time of the day, but just depending on the goals. Uh, A little bit of carbs actually is probably good for some melatonin or uh, to help the release of melatonin, sorry. So having a little bit of carbs actually might even help you fall asleep at night. Uh, But just be careful with the amount of carb-rich food that you're having at night because that will affect... You know, if you have a weight loss goal, which most people generally do, it's going to affect how your body metabolizes glucose because you're less insulin sensitive. But more importantly, it's also going to affect your sleep, which is going to throw your hormones off, which is going to throw your recovery off. And then you just start this downward spiral, right? So an easy way to think about it is technically the best meal to have the most carbs in a bigger meal would probably be lunch. Um, uh, and I think majority of the people that I work with do it backwards. Lunch is their probably cleanest meal breakfast is their smallest meal and dinner is the biggest carb rich meal because they're making up for everything and they're tired at the end of the day so to kind of leave you guys with that to kind of help out with a little nutrition on this front focus on replacing breakfast snacks with more meal more nutrient dense colorful you know just a very well-rounded approach and maybe you know mitigate carbs depending on how sensitive you are to those things if you tend to do go up and down and crash like i do and then dinner Try to put a little bit more of the carbs into the lunch so dinner time you can kind of reduce the amount of carbs you're having so you're not having too much at night and you're also paying attention to when you're having that in relationship to your bedtime, right? Because we want to focus on the foundation of sleep being a priority and management of stress being a priority because without those two things, your digestive system and how your body metabolizes all the food you are putting into your body is not going to be as effective, right? And at the end of the day, it's about working smarter, not harder so these are just little easy hacks that you guys can do um and like i said if you're someone that is looking to kind of you know reduce body fat mass build some lean body mass you know lose a little bit of weight like most people do we have to get adequate protein adequate nutrients to be able to feed the growth of muscle to stay anabolic enough to be able to do that but we also have to be at enough of a calorie deficit to allow for body fat reduction and allow for weight loss and the problem with eating carb-rich like processed refined food tends to be filled with carbs and fats and that's a different podcast to kind of talk about why those two macarons by themselves are together tend to be a little bit dangerous because they're very highly palatable foods um and you can end up overeating it's not necessarily those foods are going to be disaster which you know depending on who you are i would Disagree because I'm a big believer in the quality of food and kind of how those foods are processed with the oils that they're cooked in and the temperatures that they're cooked at. But at the end of the day, if it makes you overeat, weight loss and fat loss will be impossible, right? So those are kind of the two things I want to leave you with, right? Focus on breakfast becoming more of a meal, focus on dinner becoming a little bit earlier, a little bit less carbs and moving those carbs maybe to the beginning part of the day or the middle part of the day where your body is more insulin sensitive so it can actually metabolically be more efficient at taking those carbohydrates in without storing them like fat. And without reducing kind of uh, the restorative stages of sleep that we have at night when we're having a bunch of carbs from you know a heavy carb dinner or dessert or alcohol at night, right? So if you guys have any questions on this, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, either on my personal page or obviously our business page on Functional Lifestyles. Um, and for those that are just starting to listen to this, please subscribe, leave a review. Um, I'm really liking this. I just started doing this a couple of months ago, but it's a cool way for me to kind of just really vent and let this be a platform for education for those that want to listen to. Um, And other than that, talk to you guys soon. See ya.